Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. All right, here we go. It is a Monday, live in Los Angeles. It's The Hurt. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening or watching, thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong, plenty of both. J-Mac, we're all waiting. We thought it was going to be the game of the day. We thought <laughs> it was going to be close. Physical on both sides. It did not transpire that way. Not an amazing Sunday of games, but boy, you and I, a lot more right than wrong this past weekend. Well, let's start with this. 31-10, Buffalo hammers Dallas. Road Dallas. Road deck. Um, Josh Allen, 7-15. That's it. One touchdown, no picks. 94 yards passing. Actually, that's closer to how I want Josh Allen used. It really is. It's like those early Big Ben Steelers teams. Defensive coach, defensive culture. Stout running game, physical both sides of the ball, and then this 6'6", 260-pound towering quarterback with a big arm could two, three times a game make a huge throw. That's that's what won trophies. Because this this version we've seen the last few years where Josh Allen's Superman's not winning trophies. They moved from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady at coordinator, and I'm seeing stuff I like. They're just not calling plays anymore. They're more reliant on the run. They found James Cook, and they're using him. Less reliant on Stephon Diggs. Remember, it gets cold in December, January, February. Can't be reliant on the ball downfield. They're less reliant on Superman plays. Remember, the Steelers, those those trophies dried up the more reliant they got on Big Ben when they asked him to throw 45 times. Just because you have a quarterback with godlike talent does not mean you have to squeeze every ounce of it every Sunday to carry the team. Occasionally, like last night, yesterday, Josh Allen can be a complimentary player. Yesterday, he was a second pitch and a highly effective one. Now, I'm not a huge proponent of defensive cultures in 2023 football, but we do have a history here. 
when you get a great defensive coach with a star quarterback, Tomlin, Big Ben in his prime, Belichick, Brady, Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman, uh, Pete Carroll and Russ in his prime, you, you hoist trophies and you get to Super Bowls. Don't have to win them all, but you get there. And we keep waiting for Buffalo with all this talent of Josh Allen to get there. And I think this is the way you get there. That it looks like the Ben when Ben was throwing 22 times a game and not 42. Strong run game, tough defense, very physical, great at home. Now, it's not nearly as much fun to watch Buffalo as it was a few years ago when it was Mahomes and Josh Allen and he was going 37 for 51 for three touchdowns. That was way more fun. It was a video game. Those are the best games I've ever seen maybe. But this is how you hold trophies. This is how you do it. That you have a star quarterback... But he can be a complimentary player. First down yesterday, 28. In a game, the most rushing yards under Sean McDermott, 266. Time of possession, 35. Heavy doses of James Cook, occasionally to Stephon Diggs, occasionally asking Josh Allen to make a play. That's the scary Buffalo. That's the hold a trophy Buffalo. 38-36 Kansas City-Cincinnati games, way more fun to watch. I'm not interested in the TV show bills. I'm interested in the trophy bills. James Cook leading the way. Defense and physicality leading the way. Loved it. Josh Allen afterwards. James ran hard. Tay ran hard. Um, Ty ran hard. You know, and when you, when you can stay in front of the sticks like we did today, I don't know how many third downs we had, but I, it couldn't have been that many. Um, I don't think I threw the ball that many times, which, again, I don't just get it done. Let's just find a way to win, and um, you know, felt like the the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A. Um, but again, like, I'll do this ten times out of ten times. Let me tell you something. If Buffalo runs the ball like that, that you want no part of. You want no part of a Buffalo team that can run, and Josh Allen can throw it on second and four and third and one. That's frightening. Shootouts, I got Mahomes, I got Burrow, you got Josh Allen. Ah, okay, you can't run the ball. But Buffalo running the ball, physical both sides, getting a big pass rush. And then Josh, complimentary, four or five times a game, puts on the cape. That, I think, is unbeatable. And that's the best game they've played, in my opinion, in a couple of years. You saw it on display. Okay, so the Dallas Cowboys, how, what, what do we make of that? Outside... Of the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> best team in the league, this is a very situational league. This happens all the time to good teams. In fact, the bet of the week next week in the NFL, take Dallas to beat Miami. Dallas, humiliated and pushed around, faces Miami, who flexed against an awful Jets team. Dallas is going to have the hardest week of practice in two years. Remember when they got beat by San Francisco? When good teams get humiliated, and not just beat, but literally mocked, pushed around, bullied. Dallas is going to be fine in a week. But there is a disturbing trend. Road Dak and trailing Dak doesn't even resemble home Dak and leading Dak. The second problem is three of their four losses, they've been absolutely shelled. Arizona by 12, San Francisco by 32, Bills by 21. Why? What is it? My hunch is this. The Cowboys are a glamour franchise. And the NFL and Dallas is getting younger. Teams are younger, and younger people, mood swings, up, down, less mature. When I watch Dallas, I see a team with a lot of talent. 
I do not see a team with a lot of composure. They're like a teenager. You get these big mood swings from a sweetheart to demonic after a bag of Skittles. They just don't know how to act all the time. They don't have any composure. They get down and they panic. They get down and they, they get rattled and they try to make a big play and they compound their problems. So And, and the problem with that is if you look at Dallas's road to the Super Bowl now, it's going to be a road, road journey at Philly, at San Francisco. At Detroit, Lions are great at home. At Tampa, Baker Mayfield now playing ball. At Los Angeles, which would be a Cowboy home game, but none the same. You know what Dallas is on the road. Dak's not the same. Team's not the same. Physicality's not the same. It is a different team. Now, I'm not selling my Cowboy stock. There's not a lot of great in the NFC. I mean, Detroit week to week, you don't know what you get. Philadelphia's reeling. Rams are on fire, but limited... I mean, there's not a lot of great. Uh, by the way, Dallas still has some home games left. There'll be a different team in a week against Miami, and I like their personnel. I still do. I like a lot of it. But inconsistent people and inconsistent coaching and inconsistent teams don't wear rings. And Dallas remains the most penalized team in the league, the most tenuous and nebulous on the road, the most inconsistent one and three against winning teams. And the Dak part, at home, he's seven and zero and a hundred and twenty-two passer rating. On the road, he's three and four and it drops to eighty-four. He is like a different player entirely on the road. They're almost like a college team. They protect their home floor, their home stadium, and they're atrocious kids panicking, mood swings on the road. And Mike McCarthy addressed it. We play so well at home, and there's and there's just too big of a gap in our road games. I don't think anybody expected to, to play uh, the way we did tonight. Uh, they played well. I don't want to discredit their performance, but um, yeah, we 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 got to be we got to be much better on the road, regardless of what's in front of us and all the other conversations, because uh, there's too big of a gap between home and away. Generally, when you have kids, the less mature the kids are, the more trouble they are on a road trip. Right, like that's Dallas. They're a glamour franchise, young in spots, highly emotional, a little immature, and panic on the road. Get into their fields quickly, panic on the road. The great teams in this league, I always feel like with Baltimore, I kind of get the same team. You know, I, I always feel like that. I kind of feel like with New England in their prime, I get the same team. Rams this year, I get the same team. they got older players on offense. But when I get this Dallas team, it's insane. Very collegiate because they're young in certain key spots. Uh, but I'm not selling my Cowboy stock. It is a situational league outside of the Niners. Is that week to week, depending on what happened last week and this week, for the record, our picks of my pick of the weekend was Detroit. They were humiliated the previous week. I also like Buffalo because I thought Dallas would go on the road and feel themselves. So the Cowboys play Miami next week. I think they're going to be good. It was pick them. It's not anymore. I would take Dallas. It's one of the better bets of the week. But it is disturbing because to get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be a series of road games. And I, this team, three road games in a row, I'm just wanting them to play well once on the road against a good team, and I've yet to see it. So, J-Mac, now we get into Brock Purdy MVP stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Were we done with Dallas already? You just put him to the side? Uh, you say better the week in Miami. Only thing that gives me a little pause is uh, Mike McDaniel comes from which uh, coaching tree is that? I, I forget. San Francisco. Yeah, strong run game. What? Uh, 
Buffalo just ran all over Dallas. Um, I don't. Is Miami going to run all over them? Mostert. Well, first 20 of all, touchdowns. <laughs> that'll be seventy-five percent Cowboy fans at that stadium. Well, it's a home game for Dallas, and it's warm weather, so they'll be fine there. But I listen. I think it, it's easy this morning to say Dallas is terrible. They're obviously no. not terrible, but they are an immature team that can panic on the road and try to quickly solve their issues. They kind of bail on a game plan, uh, get into individual plays, and and Dak. This is one of the reasons. Whenever you criticize Dak. The fanboys come out of the woodwork. But what creates greatness is the ability to play under duress, trailing in games, big pass rush, yeah. no run game. That's what separates Brady and Mahomes and Burrow playing with a bad old line. Dak is very good when comfortable. When trailing on the road, a little off, yeah. he can be bad. Like, really bad. I love that Buffalo game plan of run the ball and dump-offs. Micah Parsons, did he make a play yesterday? It's incredible. On a milk carton. It's almost like... Miami and McDaniel are going to see that and be like, hmm, I know how to scheme Michael Parsons out of a game. We'll just run the foot. Now, Miami can't run. The offensive line's a little banged up, but they do have a good, strong rushing game with Mostert and Achan. That's going to be a gra- another great weekend of football ahead. Yep. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right 
with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Well, San Francisco hammered another team 45-29 over Arizona. Uh, Brock Purdy threw for, you know, four touchdowns. That's what he does. And with Dak Prescott struggling, Purdy's going to get a lot of MVP talk. But I still contend that Christian McCaffrey is the Niners MVP, uh, not Purdy. So I think it's hard to win the league MVP when you're not the most valuable player on your own team. Christian McCaffrey is the world's best running back. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback, maybe very good. Maybe I'm underselling him. But I see otherworldly talent here. The NFL's reluctance to give running backs the MVP award has now risen to comical. He's on pace to have 24 touchdowns and 2,200 yards on a team that is stacked. Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, they're stacked with weapons. And he can finish with a touchdown and a half a game and 2,200 yards. That, that's unbelievable. And this league is reluctant to feed running backs, to embrace running backs, to pay running backs. And yet San Francisco is 1988 football. They are old school. He's the typewriter reemerging. Feed him the ball. I think 20 years from now it's going to look really silly if this Niner team was to win a Super Bowl and you're going to be like, my God, Christian McCaffrey had 24 touchdowns in 2020, and they had Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Hall of Famers. He didn't win the MVP. No, they give to Brock Purdy. Where's he at? Well, they, they didn't want to pay him eventually three years later, so he's bouncing around the league. Like, at some point, are we ever going to embrace a running back? Like, if you're not going to embrace Christian McCaffrey, and I've, I've said all this nonsense about running backs not getting paid, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They just don't get paid as much. They don't get paid second and third and fourth contracts. But if you're not going to embrace Christian McCaffrey, if you're not going to consider him for MVP, then just, I mean, make up new guidelines. Because what you're seeing, I think he's the most talented running back ever. Now, I think Barry Sanders could run like nothing I've ever seen, and Walter Payton's up there too. But in terms of blocking and catching and making people miss and running past them and running and power and finesse, it's, it's as good as anything I've ever seen. And, and 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 he's the best player on the team, on a team with a Bosa and a Kittle and a Debo. He's the best player on the team. Twenty-four touchdowns on pace, twenty-two hundred yards. In this era, is insane. It makes no sense. And if you're going to be historically amazing, then you should be the recipient of honors and awards. That's why we have these honors and awards. They go into books, they go into museums, and they go into Hall of Fames. And you take your kids and you're like, oh, yeah, it was one of the great years of all time. Not because a quarterback handed him the ball and threw him swing passes. And I like Purdy. This is not an anti-Purdy. It's a pro-CMC. It's a pro-Christian McCaffrey. It's the best player on the planet at his position, having the best years, a top 10 year all time. And running backs don't have top 10 years anymore. Like, that's over. That's the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. That's not what they do. So to do this now on a roster that is stacked, it's just insane to me. Even Brock Purdy's acknowledging that's the dude. Just his grit to continue to drive his legs and get extra yards and inches, like, and then goes off to the sideline and he's immediately, you know, using Theraguns and moving his body, just nonstop moving. And so, but we all respect it, man. Like, he's the guy that does it all. And then he, we put him out in the slot and throw him a ball and. Um, he just does everything. I think Christian should be MVP. I think I, I really do believe that. You know, he does everything um, for us. 
runs the ball well, can catch the ball. He does everything. And so, in my eyes, that's an MVP. If not now, when for a running back? Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Well, the Chicago Bears, 5-8, and eight, blew a 10-point lead and lost despite three interceptions to Joe Flacco. Um, this loss by the Bears kind of sums up Justin Fields. Promising moments, lots of hope, big arm, lost 19 of 40, passer rating of 46. He's just not consistent enough. Old Joe Flacco was clearly the better quarterback in the second half. Old Joe Flacco, who just got off the couch. The Bears, eight possessions in the second half, a field goal. But Colin, the drops, yeah, Patrick Mahomes says, hold my beer. The drops, you want to know the three teams in the NFL that lead in drops? Kansas City, Cleveland, and Detroit. Jared Goff has 10 wins, third most drops in the league. Drops happen all the time. Mahomes and his receivers, it's an epidemic, and they're still winning games, home and away. I don't want to hear about drops. You produced a field goal in the entire second half. In 35 starts for Justin Fields, he has 39 turnovers, two more yesterday. He gets hurt. He's erratic. And here's the other troubling problem, is that when you really need quarterbacks in this league, fourth quarter, he is awful. He is an awful. He's the worst fourth quarter quarterback for a starter, arguably, in the league. His fourth quarter stats... This year, 51% completion rate, a 55 passer rating. And yesterday was 3 of 9 with a pick. Like, that's you can't do that. You can scuff it in football games. you got to deliver late. And he is, once he's off script and he's up to his own discretion, it's bad. And you can keep blaming drops. Chicago entering yesterday, fifth fewest dropped passes in the league you can keep blaming uh defense their defense has actually played well for the last six seven games montez sweat trade was a great deal for them he's a he's a monster getting to the quarterback well this guy and that guy they have given him a number one receiver they added another tight end they've given draft capital to the front line left tackles pretty good they've made a lot of moves it doesn't work you can't be last or close to last with fourth quarter stats. You just can't be. And we got 35 starts now. I think he's got talent, but I want to restart the clock. I don't want to pay him. Caleb Williams, to me, has more natural talent. But if, if, if you start looking at this stuff yesterday, and it's a prime example, 17-7 to lead, your defense is getting picks, and you can't move the ball in the second half. Can't move it. Where do you want me to go with it? It's not like they have. I mean, they they even tried to took a swing on Chase Claypool, second round pick, which was a mistake. They're trying. Left tackles, good offensive coordinator from a rival, Green Bay. Get him a number one wide receiver. Get him another tight end. They're trying. They're really trying. Unlike Carolina, which gives Bryce Young nothing, they're trying, and it's just too erratic and doesn't work. And they lose too much. And here's Justin after. They have a talented back end. Um, of course, they were missing some guys today, but uh, their D-line, that, that front makes their defense go. Um, you know, I had some receivers downfield, but, and, you know, this game I'm trying to anticipate where they're going to be. I, you know, I can't 
I can't see the guys because you know, just because they're not sacking me doesn't mean that they're not you know affecting me in the in the play. So, um, you no, know, I think they did a good job. Props to them. Um, they played a great game, and yeah, just got to be better. Listen, eight possessions, a field goal. In the end, it's a production business, and the reality is, a lot of people have talent. But you don't have a salary cap for coaching. Eberflus and the defense look significantly better than six weeks ago. And Justin Fields has moments. He has quarters. He has drives. He has plays. His Hail Mary pass, that's how you throw a Hail Mary pass. And Tanyan dropped a touchdown pass. Absolutely. I mean, Kadarius Toney dropped the ball yesterday. It became an interception for New England. Drops happen. Chicago's not one of the leading teams in the NFL entering yesterday and drops. Detroit is, and they've got 10 wins. you got to overcome it. We say this all the time. The great quarterbacks, the franchise quarterbacks, are overcomers. Maybe a bad right tackle, a bad center, uh, injuries during the season. Can't have eight possessions and a field goal. And I know, I know, I know Cleveland's defense is good. But at some point, you got to start paying Justin Fields. I would rather start the clock, move him, get a second-round pick. I think he can. I think he's talented. But it's just, it just feels like that is – I've seen too much of that. Had it. Defense stepped up, got picks, had field position. Second half, nothing. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it, I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrate the holidays with the gift of football on Fox. On Sunday, it's an NFL doubleheader featuring a showdown between title contenders as Dak leads the Cowboys against Tua and the Dolphins. Then on Christmas Day, the Giants take on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles all on Fox. All right, when an impulsive owner like the Jets have is watching a bad team like the Jets are and they have key decisions to make at the end of the season, you don't want it to look like that. The Jets losing 30 nothing to Miami, four total yards in the first half. The team had no fight defensively, and Tyreek Hill didn't even play. Um, offensive line, Micaiah Becton is laughing going into the locker room. A weird handling of Zach Wilson in a head injury. Has Robert Sala lost the team? So congratulations. Aaron Rodgers is healthier, earlier than expected. Could play, probably won't, but he's coming back. And you gave the franchise to him. So what? You have one good receiver. You never throw him the ball. The offensive line's a mess outside of one or two players. Your offensive coordinator, Aaron's buddy, Nat Hackett's not very good. This franchise is... And desperate businesses and desperate teams do desperate things, handed the franchise to a 39-year-old quarterback who could be prickly and never appreciated the stability of Green Bay. I know Green Bay's not cool, but they're stable. I know the Jets were cooler. They're unstable. How's it working out for you? And he needed to use leverage, so he got his buddy, offensive coordinator, and he got a receiver he wanted, and he got his way, and it's done nothing. Same miserable franchise in the same miserable spot. And the problem, to me, is what the Jets need is leadership. That was always my knock on Aaron. Aaron's great talent, but he's not a foxhole guy. He's a finger pointer. 
He's great when things are comfortable. If you go look at his career numbers, Aaron has a bizarrely low number of come-from-behind wins. Like, way lower than Stafford or Matt Ryan, even Derek Carr, Andy Dalton. Because I always said he's a bailer, not a baller. He's good when good things are comfortable. But in crisis, he didn't want any part of it. And, and by the way, the Jets, and I've been a Robert Sala defender, they're starting to look like the L.A. Chargers, which is wildly inconsistent. I think their defense at times quits. They haven't handled the quarterback well. And I'm not really sure consistently what they do well. Now, I think Sala's much more capable than Brandon Staley, who was completely over his head. But you gave Aaron all this power. It's the same laughable Jets season, and here's Robert Sala after. You put together the best plans, the best plan possible. Uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But uh, but overall, just from coaching to execution, all of it on the offensive side, it just wasn't good enough today. God, New York sports teams are awful. Just bad. I mean, just a circus. So let's talk a Saturday night special. So we had told you our favorite play of the week was Detroit. Back home against Denver. I like Denver. This was a tough spot. Lions had been humiliated. Lions are great at home. They're a very good dome team. So Sean Payton now can't even hide his frustration with Russell Wilson. Can't hide it. He he banged on him at the podium earlier in the year about the wristbands. I was banging on him this weekend. Not only are they opposite personalities, Russell is relentlessly optimistic. Sean is authentic, emotional, demanding, and critical. But Russell Wilson isn't Breeze the passer or Taysom Hill the athlete. So Sean Payton isn't getting elite with either one of them. And I got to tell you this, this relationship with Breeze and Payton was so great that invariably this was going to be a disappointment. And, you know, I was hopeful he could turn Russell around, and he has. You're getting a lot of Russell in Seattle. But I was just hoping it wouldn't be combative because they're literally different people. I know both. They're totally different people. But now it's combative. Now, after the game, Sean Payton was pressed on that interaction. The frustrating part of the sequence was the next run. So we'll leave it at that. No, the, I said the frustrating part of the sequence was the next play to Burton where we scored. If you're upset with the call, why were you, what were you yelling at Russell about? Listen, what I talk with Russell about is none of your business. And he's right. It is. None of our business. Um, we can ask about it, but he does not have to provide an answer. But I just think these are different people. I don't think it's a perfect fit. I think if you ask Sean Payton, and he now has the power in the building, uh, he's helped fix the defense. He's got Russell being as good as he can possibly be. I think he would move off him and take a huge cap hit for a year. Um, but the, the thing what's happening is Sean Payton had Drew Brees for years, and it was a perfect marriage. Their personalities are demanding and intense and authentic, and it was perfect. And so this invariably was not going to be great. But sh Drew Brees was a little small. And Sean worked around that and designed plays, and Breeze hit on him. And as Greg Cosell says, the film proves he's designing the same plays. They're still open, and Russ can't hit them. The Sean Paytons of the world, as you well know, they spend a lot of time putting together their offense, their game plan, the structure of what they want to do, the route concepts, the route combinations. So they expect those things to be executed on Sundays. 
Russell Wilson does not execute the, those at a high enough percentage, but he's an eyedropper. He looks at the rush, and the result of that is that he doesn't see throws that need to be made, so he leaves throws on the field. And this is something that Greg Cosell, been doing this 44 years, has talked to me about several times. The plays are there. Sean Payton has a history with Breeze that he hit those things 95% of the time, and he's not hitting them. So between the personality clash, the enormous salary cap hit, um, it doesn't work. It doesn't work consistently enough. I think he's gotten the most you can get out of Russell Wilson, but this was bound to be problematic. You hoped it didn't get combative. It's now moved to that space, and I think it's trouble. Listen, I... I you know, the Deshaun Watson deal is fully guaranteed. Right? Russell Wilson, you can move up it, take some cap hits, and just say, we're going to, you know, we got some young players. We'll have to hit on some draft picks. You can get around it if you draft a quarterback. You know, you, you draft a quarterback, a Brock Purdy, you find somebody, Dak in the fourth round. I mean, Russell was a third round pick. You hit a, you hit a draft pick in the third, fourth, fifth round at quarterback, um, and you hit on three or four draft picks, you can mitigate. To a large degree, that ugly cap hit. There's a way to get around it. Um, I mean, and, and by the way, Sean Payton knows all about ugly cap hits. They were over the cap multiple times and dealing with that for years because they had stars and they had to pay them all. But this thing doesn't feel like once you, I say this all the time. If if you go to a party and a couple's arguing in front of people, they can't even stop their hostility in public. What's the car ride home like? What are they like at home? They're in trouble. When you see stuff publicly. You don't want to yell at your quarterback like that. When you see stuff publicly, what's it like in the meeting rooms? What's the animosity like? And so, you know, Russell's relentlessly optimistic, which is a fine quality. It's not overly authentic in a lot of people's eyes. But Sean, I know him pretty well. He'll tell you what he thinks right out front. Won't hide anything. And so I just, I just don't think this thing's ever going to work. I think it's working about as well as it could work. Also, I thought this was a tough spot for Denver. I like Detroit a lot in this game of my favorite pick of the week. This I didn't think it would look like that. Just like Dallas. We love Buffalo this weekend. I didn't think it was going to look like that. It's not the end of the world. I think Denver can win out now. I, I really do. And, you know, end the season on a positive note. But I just don't think this thing's going to work. Have you given much thought to, let's say they do reboot, Colin. Denver and Peyton says, I want a new quarterback. Like, problem is, there's not a lot of guys up there who I would consider an upgrade from Russell Wilson. Well... If they lose, if they have the 12th, 13th, 14th pick, you know, you can give up a Patrick Sertan and a pick and move up. I don't think it's the end of the world. You got the coach. They got some personnel. They've got some weapons. I like their backs. Left tackle. Got some players defensively. This this franchise, they're okay. It's amazing what happens when you get the right coach and the right quarterback. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. 
with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your head. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. All right, here we go. Colin right, Colin wrong, plenty of both. Where Colin was right. Another winning week. Blazing 5 went 3 of 1. We have Seattle in the points tonight. We had the Rams, Lions, Bills. We like the quarterbacks. We like the quarterbacks in these spots. Four straight winning weeks. We're pretty proud of that. Where Colin was wrong. Well, my MVP, Dak Prescott, rode Dak reemerged. It's crazy. At home, he has 20 touchdowns and two picks. On the road, eight touchdowns, five picks. At home, he has a passer rating of 122. On the road, he has a passer rating of 84. Now, he's not as good playing from behind as he is leading. That is usually the case with all quarterbacks. But trailing Dak and on the road Dak does not resemble leading and home Dak. I was wrong. Where Colin was right? I said the Rams would be viable this year. Vegas had him at five wins. Baloney. McVay's having a remarkable coaching year. It was a mismatch yesterday. Did you see that red zone situation late by Washington? What a mess. But this team's got too much talent. Now, they're not in their prime. Cooper Cup's out of it. Aaron Donald's out of it. Stafford's out of it. But they're talented. And they're well coached. And Stafford continues to throw as pretty a ball as the league has so right now the rams are seven and seven and a playoff team
where Colin was wrong. I said before the season, I thought Baker Mayfield should consider quitting football and going into TV. He was going to get hurt. This was a bad situation. But you know what? Baker had another stellar day. Now, he's been hot and cold, but Baker yesterday looked terrific. He's ninth in passer rating. Tampa's currently in the playoffs. Baker plays with a lot of emotion, and when he's feeling good and he's confident, he's a joy to watch, and he talked about the win yesterday. I'll be honest. It's December games are all important. This one was very important, but um, this one won't matter unless we, you know, hit the reset button and move on next week. So it, it can't be more special than any other. It's the most important one now, but enjoy it, and then we'll move on to the next next week. So um, that, that's the mentality that we have to have as a unit. Best quarterback in division usually wins. Baker's the best quarterback in that division, and he's currently a playoff quarterback. Where Colin was right. When the Niners made the Christian McCaffrey deal, people said they gave up too many picks. And I said, you're crazy. You're giving a coaching artist a blank canvas. He is one of the most versatile running backs we've ever had. He can block. He can run. He can run past you. He can make you miss. He's physical. He can catch. He runs receiver routes. He's just an all-timer. He really is an all-timer. And now that he's healthy, they just don't lose much. Um, I, I, I say this all the time. When you can get a star, third, fourth, fifth, sixth draft picks, they don't really matter much. Those hit on about a 30% rate. McCaffrey is arguably as talented, has as much dexterity as any running back we've ever seen in this sport. Where Colin was wrong. I thought the Jags could be a number one seed in the AFC. Right now they're tied with a division lead with the Colts and Texans. Trevor Lawrence has not had a great year. They make way too many mistakes. They've never had much of a home field advantage, but they should just be better. They won a playoff game last year, but they have too many awful halves, too many blown opportunities, too many missed field goals. I love Trevor Lawrence, but he is culpable for some of this mess. Where Colin was right. Another offensive coach, Shane Steichen, beats a defensive coach, Mike Tomlin, using backup quarterbacks. The Steelers, I've said this, I think it's time for a move with Mike Tomlin. Chargers would fit, TV would be great, but Pittsburgh's averaging the fewest points since 1970. I've been on this all year. Defensive coaches struggle when there's disruption at quarterback. I'm seeing it all over the league. Gardner, Minshew, and Steichen are viable every Sunday, and the Steelers are barely viable on offense. Where Colin was wrong. The Clippers have won seven straight. Zoinks, what's happened? I don't even get this. The James Harden deal. There's too many guys that need shots. Nope, Harden's been efficient, averaging 10 assists. Russell Westbrook deserves a lot of credit. He willingly went to the bench. I thought that was a grown-up move. Now, I'm honestly shocked by this. It's it's a weird combination of guys past their prime that uh, don't necessarily elevate others. The schedule hasn't been the toughest. It's a lot of wins over the West and some of the weaker teams. But I never thought this group would win seven straight. They have, and I was absolutely wrong. Where Colin was right. I told you the Chargers probably should have moved off Brandon Staley before the season started. Listen, his defense has regressed. I don't need you to win Super Bowls. I don't even need you to consistently be a playoff coach. But the one or two things I look at are your team's consistent, the Chargers weren't, and do you do your side of the ball well? Matt Eberflus, defense for the Bears is playing well. I would support it. Lincoln Riley, USC, offense is good. I think he's succeeding. 
but Brandon Staley's defense got worse year after year. And once again, the Chargers tend to go cheap on head coaches, and they pay the price. We were right on this a year ago. Where Colin was right? When the Bears traded for Montez Sweat for a second rounder, I loved the deal. I could not believe the pushback it got. He's already got six sacks. Listen, maybe not give up a first rounder, but to get an elite, young, defensive lineman, you always give up a second, third, fourth round pick. There just aren't many on the planet. How many guys are big, fast, those kind of feet for that size? He's already got six sacks. The Bears defense have benefited from his placement. I love this move. Chase Claypool, a receiver for a second round pick, be careful. There's a lot of receivers in the world. There are not a lot of guys that are huge with great feet and powerful. When you can get one for a second rounder, make the move. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's bring out Mark Sanchez. He and Kevin Kugler did the game yesterday. Chicago Bears, Cleveland. So as Mark sits down, I do want to show everybody this was as beautiful a Hail Mary pass as the sports ever had. This is how you throw a Hail Mary. Roll the tape. This is the end of game. Yep, there's two. By Garrett, Buys time. Look excellent it. job. Three-man rush. Up. He knows. Gets Throwing out. Deep. Most importantly, keep the ball Hail inbound. Mary. Don't throw it out of the back end of the end zone, zone which he does. Deflected. Oh. Tipped and intercepted. <laughs> Just rips their heart out. And as you said, kept it inbounds. Oh, gave no everybody doubt. time to position. That's right. And you can do that with a physical guy like that. Sorry for all my props That's today. Okay. I got an overhead projector coming in at some oh. point. <laughs> Probably to break I, some I of this stuff down. This. I will say this. There is something to be said about throwing three picks and having a great fourth quarter. Flacco is just, you, I think yep. you said it, he's an adult. No doubt. A lot of good games, bad games, good halves. I watch that and I'm like, Flacco has a short memory. Yeah, and it, it wasn't perfect. If you saw his post-game interview with Laura Oakman, who asked him some great questions, but he was just, he's like, God, I have this pit in my stomach. Like, he knew what was at stake and what was happening. But at a certain point, he knew, I'm going to get this ball back, and we're going to make it work. And that's two weeks in a row a team has tried to pressure him, and he's known the answer. He's had the answer. The week before was Jacksonville. They bring a little extra pressure that. off the edge. He knows where his weakness is, starts to drift, drift by time. Najoku, huge play, yes. okay? This week, gets a little pressure. He starts to pump and holds the ball for one more second because they brought, they brought simulated pressure, essentially, bringing uh, – linebackers and defensive backs and dropping out a defensive end or tackle and there goes Najoko and he's trying to navigate okay where do I go and so he holds it for just a half second to lock eyes with Najoku so he can see him throw it and avoid the pressure two weeks in a row but I called him elf on the shelf man he shows up after Thanksgiving <laughs> suddenly the house is in order right. everybody's on notice the kids are behaving you right. know what I mean because he's got they report to Santa they got their magic and his magic is his instant credibility because he's been there before. And Everybody respects him. And then the way he plays to finish game, the way he can finish a game in that stadium. I mean, he's got like 10 comeback wins, fourth quarter wins in that stadium, mostly for Baltimore. So he's used to ruining the Browns fan Sundays. This time he gave him two Sundays in a row that were amazing. But yeah. And I think it, also oh. it's a younger league. And so when you bring on these elder statesmen, yes. I think there is a certain gravitas to him walking in the room and everybody's 100%. like... Everybody's on notice. Oh, man, he knows what it looks like. I'm following him. You know what I mean? But they have the Hail Mary before halftime. Did you see that? 
okay, you got to see this Hail Mary before halftime. Because one, I thought they were going to kick the field goal. It's a 54, yeah, 55 yeah, yarder. Yes, yes. Okay, watch this. Justin Fields gets absolutely pummeled by Zadarius Smith late. That's a free play. That's a 15 yards free untimed down before halftime that they missed. That's an automatic field goal. So that's three more points. Then when you go to the fourth quarter, they have a 10 point. Well, let's, let's go big picture here first. Okay. And I had to write some of these notes down because there's a lot. Because Chicago, this was a big game. For that was them. a huge game for Chicago. But of 70 plays, they ran 70 total offensive plays. 18 of these plays are third downs. Two of them are fourth downs. So that leaves you 50 plays that aren't third or fourth down. Those are normal down and distance, first and second down. Now take out all the goal line plays, all your short yardage plays. And, okay, of those 50, where do you want to be? We were just talking about Josh Allen. You were just talking about Josh Allen. He only threw it 15 times, yeah, right? right? Justin Fields threw it 40 times for a little over 100 yards or whatever he threw it for. Yeah. Josh Allen threw it for 94 with seven completions. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather have him closer to 15 than 40. Yes. Right? And the game started to get away from these guys. The sequencing in the fourth quarter, you're up 10 points, and you start giving this thing away. The fourth and one uh, with Justin Fields that he doesn't, he's, he scrambles for it, ends up being a sack. I mean, that's a play he makes in his sleep. Watch, he's on the edge, and he just starts to slow down, gets tripped up, huge play, <laughs> just tapping his foot, and he doesn't get this play. Boom, the Browns go, and they kick a field goal right there. Yeah. Okay? So then the Bears are up seven. Then they get stuffed on a jet sweep. Yeah. The reason I brought this up here is because, just to show you, Okay, when guys get the ball a lot, this is my call sheet. Yeah. This is what I use during the game, yeah, okay? Yeah. When guys get the ball a lot, there's numbers all under their name, okay? Rushes, receptions, rushes, receptions, all this stuff. They handed it, and this is no offense to Tyler Scott, but it's third and one in the fourth quarter. You're trying to win the game. This kid's a rookie out of Cincinnati. Look, at he's, he doesn't have all these red numbers down here because he doesn't touch the ball that much. So on third and one, I'm like, what are we doing? Deontay Foreman downhill. Speed option, which, so you have at least two options with Justin Fields. Run quarterback power. Get the extra hat in the run game. Something. I was just a little shocked on that one, right? Yeah. And on that fourth and one, by the way, they were on the plus 33. They could have kicked a field goal again. That's two field goals. You see, I mean, I was getting all worked up because it was our game, and I was yeah. fired up about it. But you felt the game start to Oh, no, they kill it. To unravel. lose it, to, to, to kind of give it away. And then Joe Flacco took over. And then the offense finally made a play. But if you're going to give them six chances to make a play, well, one of them, they might just make a play. You see what I mean? Like those, that's where good teams figure it out. They understand their sequencing. They understand what numbers they have to hit in the run game versus pass game. Yeah. And if you have 50 of those plays and you're going to call 30 runs and 20 passes on normal down and distance, I want those 20 passes, five of them to be actual drop back five to seven step yeah go through a full progression you know five to six man protection fine but they're giving up sacks on eight man protection on second and seven with the lead late in the game that's that's crazy to me you only got two guys in the route how are you getting sacked so it, you know montez sweat kept him in the game yeah he's he's been a great addition. the guy's leading two franchises in sacks by the way <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me yeah so like there's pieces there there's enough there and i think Think of Justin Fields a little more like Cam Newton. Like, he's hard to bring down. He can run. Yeah. Run quarterback power. They used to do that all the time on third and short, fourth well, and short with Cam. We talked about a mock draft earlier. Chicago's in a unique place. They could still get Jaden Daniels or Drake May and get a ton of extra picks by moving You down. just don't get everything out of... 
Justin Fields if you bring in a guy like that. Not in that town. Yeah, you're just maybe in Jacksonville, maybe in Kansas City, Chicago. maybe in another place. No chance. Then New Justin's York. like, am I the starter? Am I not the starter? If you're gonna wait, if you're gonna go get one of those guys, go get him, and they're your guy. That's a good point. But if you're gonna keep Justin, then get him some guys, man, and make him like Cam Newton the year he won MVP and took him to the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning. Put players around him, stack the defense, keep getting rusher pass rushers to give him the ball back, and he's gonna have to run the ball a lot. That's what they did the last three games, and that's why he was so effective. But when he goes for over 100 yards rushing, good luck. Yeah. Good luck playing against those guys. So they have pieces. They're really close. It's just what's their formula, their identity, and they can't get away from it. And that's how the Browns took over. So explain to me. At college, uh, I can remember USC teams you played with. Teams de generally, because the players are younger, are different at home in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just different when you go. Even when you go to Pullman or Corvallis, it's different. Cowboys or Browns. Right. Dallas is yeah. a completely different franchise on the road. Now, I've argued that as the league's gotten younger um, and Dallas is a glamour franchise, the minute they win, all these shows talk about them. And all those young guys are like feeling it. Right. And that's a little bit of it. It's like Texas football or sure. USC sure. football. You win, you're on shows. Sure. You can win a lot of games in Jacksonville and nobody cares. Otherwise, I can't figure out Dallas. How are you this great here and this bad here consistently? Well, I think Buffalo just took the fight to them. I mean, they, they <laughs> it's one of those things where when they're at home, they're a little nasty too. When it gets late, when it gets cold, yeah. Josh Allen seems to turn it on, protects the football. That was the biggest thing for Buffalo. They had been giving away games routinely. You know what I mean? He throws three, four picks in a game. It's like, come on, man. Defense, you saw how hard it was for the Browns to win. The other team has to have just a calamity of errors for you to win games like that and overcome mistakes like that. Buffalo didn't do it, and they ran it right at him. They ran it at him well, multiple James different Cook ways with Josh Allen, with James Cook. Like it was, You could tell Joe Brady had the game plan he wanted. He saw where the Cowboys were vulnerable in the past. said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to invite him in. It's going to be a little, little cold. A little different. We're going to be playing outside in our kind of place, in a blue-collar, rust-belt kind of place. Yeah. All right? We're going to let him in the tunnel. We're going to lock the door, slap him around for a couple hours, and then tell him when to leave. That's kind of how you have to play those guys. When yeah. you see a team with a lot of flash, when we got to beat them up physically. Yeah. This is going to be – this is going to hurt them. It's got to hurt them. It's going to hurt us, but it better hurt them more. Yeah. And you could tell. They just had the physical game plan, and, and it got away from the Cowboys, right? They weren't – able to jump out to that lead they weren't able to right. stack points at the end of the first half uh and opening the third quarter like like they've done before and that's how right. they kind of lap a team and then just they're off to the races and all you see is the back of their jersey like dang how do we catch these guys they're right, too right. good so it was uh it, it was it was just the way the game shook out but joe brady had an excellent plan for that game before we get to tape on the other side we were talking about christian mccaffrey um, you know, I, I'm old enough that I remember Walter Payton, and then there's uh, Barry Sanders and his elusiveness. McCaffrey has the ability to make cuts without slowing down. Oh, yeah. Which While is, he's accelerating. Yeah, yeah so he's that's... accelerating into the cut. So he's so quick. Um, I don't know. What do you When you watch him, he can be a receiver in this league, I think. No doubt. And he's been healthy. Um, he, every time he touches the ball, look out. He's got the home run threat. But him and Brock Purdy, it's like... I mean, say what you want about Brock. Oh, he's a system guy. He's this, he's that. He knows where to get the ball. Yeah. And it comes out on time. And he anticipates these throws so these guys can run after the catch. Uh, he gets them in and out of plays 
good plays, you know, potentially bad plays, dirts the ball when he's supposed to, and gets him in the right position. And then when you have a guy like C-Mac, he knows, man. Just feed him the ball. It's Kobe and Shaq, man. Just feed him the ball. Whatever, you know something good's going to happen when that guy touches the ball. I'm just curious about this MVP race. Like, are they going to split votes? <laughs> well, that's what, uh, What's going to happen? And then Lamar I'm just Jackson. saying, Lamar Jackson, fine. I'm just telling you, and I've gotten heat for this because I'm a Stafford supporter. But if he gets this team in the playoffs. The Rams. Come on now. Are you kidding me? No, I think those votes might split. He might go right down the middle. Something. Seven I, I, ten so you've bowling done Ram alley games. split. You've done Rams games this year. Plenty of them. I have seen McVay. They should have won that Baltimore game. Oh, I know. This that was just is a let one down of the best the coaching jobs I've ever seen. And he should be runner like Stafford should be runner up for MVP and uh, McVay should be, you know, runner up for a coach, coach of, the of the year. Because Nobody in a I mean, four wins, five wins, or whatever they were projected early yeah. in the year. Now, who knows? They got a game Thursday night against New Orleans, who uh, just beat up on the Giants. So, you know, all, this whole thing is coming down to the very, very end, which makes it amazing for us and, yeah. and the players and coaches in the league. But I don't know, man. There's something to be said about Stafford. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit mortonbuildings.com and start your construction process with superior materials craftsmanship best in class warranty morton buildings are made to last for generations at morton the difference is in the details from their cutting edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field they are dedicated to surpassing expectations their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years and morton buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.